Hi, everybody. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. Hi, everybody. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. Finest internet radio show, making a world a better place, one show at a time. The George Water Jr. Show is now on the air. Take it away, Dad. 
All right, welcome to <laughs> welcome to the George. Oh wow, I almost got caught off guard. Welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio. Yeah, we're here and straight up out of the city of Chicago. And yeah, it's um, the city of Chicago where this show is, uh, uh, where I'm broadcasting from. I'm here in my wonderful studio. Uh, Near, near Lake Michigan, and you know, I mean, it appears, and it is really, really uh, showing that summer in the city of Chicago, and maybe where you are, uh, plans to stick around for a little while. I mean, we've we've uh, seen temperatures in the 90s. I mean, right now it's 94 degrees, and I'm I'm near the lake, and it's supposed to. And it is supposed to be cooler near the lake. No, we're sweating our butts off here. And um, summer is sticking around. I mean, I love summer. I think it's been a great summer in the city of Chicago. I hope it's been great wherever you are in the world. And, uh, you know, in Illinois, it's 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 hot. <laughs> it's hot. Uh, <laughs> and uh, but it's beautiful. It's wonderful. It's a great day. It's a great time. It's a, everybody's, uh, you know out enjoying the weather on the beaches near the lake walking in the park and it's fall by the calendar it is fall the first day or second day of fall and uh it's it's in the 90s and the weather folks are saying it's unprecedented you know but hey wow we'll take it i'll take it it's beautiful it's wonderful it's lovely because you know Winter is around the corner. It's not too far away, and we're gonna freeze. So take, so take, take uh, advantage of this uh, summer that's sticking around a little longer than than it should be, according to the uh, weather uh, people. And uh, we're gonna take it. I mean, it's beautiful outside. I mean, it's great. It's wonderful. It's hot, humid, stuffy, muggy. But uh, hey, we'll still take it, you know. I think mean, some people can take this hot ass weather uh, a lot uh, better than some other people. But anyway, it's great in the city of Chicago. Once again, I want to say I say I hope it's better wherever you are in the world, or or, or equally as hot, or you know, you you enjoying yourself with this weather some sort of way. Take advantage of it because, like I just said, like I've just said, winter is coming snow freezing frost cold coats gloves long pants girls long pants not shorts um jackets boys not t-shirts no more t-shirts winter is coming you know so take advantage of the great weather while while we're here and speaking of weather uh maria uh the hurricane maria has devastated Puerto Rico. I mean, people are still buried in rubble, and they're still trying to. Uh, the rescuers are still trying to uh, find as find as many people as they can alive. Uh, it it was really heartbreaking to hear that uh, a school collapsed, and um, uh, that was Mexico. I'm sorry, uh, the earthquake uh, where. Um, uh, a school building collapsed on top of a lot of children. That was Mexico. 
So we're having a lot of these natural disasters in the world, and a lot of people are asking the question, why? We can't forget Hurricane Harvey that devastated um, Texas, Houston, Texas, and other parts of uh, Texas. And hurricanes are just, uh, you know, now uh, it's in the Atlantic. Virgin Islands, Puerto Rico, the Caribbean, and uh, it's just awful. People losing everything that they've uh, worked for. People losing their homes, their cars, boats. I mean, you name it. And um, and I'll, I always say that we have to help people any way we can if we can do it ourselves. Because, you know, if we were in that situation, people would be, you know, out there trying to help us rebuild. So we have to try to help other people rebuild. And that's what America is about that's what most of the people in the world are about helping one another it's not about any kind of political uh, agenda even though some politicians will try to take advantage of what you do to help others it's a shame but you know they're politicians and they're trying to get votes to get reelected or to get elected at all in the first place so a lot of these natural disasters and I try to I mention these natural disasters every time I come on the air because I want to make sure that I get that out of the way before we get into anything else and so that people will realize that uh, things are happening in the world that um, a lot of people are coming out to say, well, it's God, it's Jesus, uh, he doesn't like what's going on. But when you think about it, most of the people who are dying in these natural disasters these are good people. These are great people, wonderful people, beautiful people. You know, I can see if the bad guys were <laughs> were getting what they deserve. But these are great people. These are wonderful people, loving, caring people who who are busting their butts to, to make a living, you know. And, you know, they're dying. And these are children also. These are kids, you know, babies. Who have uh, who are also dying in some in some of these natural disasters around the world, and a lot of people are saying, "Well, it's global warming, it's climate change, it's something. It's got to be something, you know." Uh, this is this is historical. This is uh, something that the United States, America, the world in general hasn't haven't seen for uh, quite a while, and I'm talking about decades. 80 and 90 years, you know, things like this, you know, as soon as a lot of these folks rebuild in the Caribbean, rebuild in Texas and, and uh, Puerto Rico, Mexico City, uh, as soon as they try to get back up on their feet, another disaster, another tornado, another twister, uh, more damage, you know, on top of the other damage that happened before it's it's tough it it is tough and and like i said before this kind of um happenings can happen to any one of us i mean you know people losing their homes i mean uh, harvey texas i mean it was all the flooding it was astonishing to see so many expensive homes i mean being gutted with water gutted with water and people have 
you know, rush to nearby shelters. And, you know, a lot of those homes that are have been gutted with water, uh, and as soon as the water receded somewhat, a lot of the owners uh, and went back to try to re see if they can retrieve anything of value. But uh, trying to uh, live in a, a home that has been uh, soaked in water, if I can say that, it's dangerous because you, the home can be in danger of collapsing. You know, the structure has been weakened by water. So, you know, people have to watch that. And I always say, even though you've lost everything and uh, things have been really tough pertaining to these natural disasters, keep your head up, you know, <laughs> keep, keep being motivated and keep uh, uh, your senses about yourself. Try to think clearly and rebuild. Just rebuild. I mean, if you have the uh, the ability to rebuild, rebuild. You can't sit around as well. I lost this. I lost this. I lost this. I lost that. You can't sit around moaning and groaning. I mean, it's okay to moan and groan for a little while, but you soon you're gonna have to stop it. You're gonna have to stop it and, and pick yourself up, wipe yourself off, and get to rebuilding your life. You you have friends. You have family. You have people who love you. You. Um, you know, uh, plenty of volunteers and help is going to come your way. But we have to see that you really want this. You, we, we have to see that you really want to try and rebuild. Once we know that you're trying to rebuild and restart your life, we are there to give you a hand. But you can't lay down in the muck forever. You got to get up, up out of the muck and start uh, retaking your life. You know, so you can't let these natural disasters uh, dictate uh, what kind of life, what kind of life you're going to have. You know, it, it's not going to have to uh, stay positive, stay up, stay motivated, uh, try to keep people around you who are positive, who want to see you, um, see you rebuild and try to make friends with other people who have lost as much as you have, you have something in common, you know, and they will help to try to keep you on the right track from falling back into that depression or I'm, uh, I'm worthless because I've lost everything. You can't do that. You have to uh, uh, stay positive, stay motivated, keep that dry, become even more ambitious and rebuild. Okay. All right. You've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio. And I'm, I was just talking about these natural disasters. Uh, Maria, I'm hearing, is still pounding some parts of the Atlantic. So um, it's a shame because before Maria, we had Irma. And Irma blasted the um, Florida Keys and the Caribbean. Um, I don't know. I, I just don't know what's going on. Uh, some people are saying, as I've said, some people are, especially Bible thumpers. I mean, they are saying this is an act of God. Jesus is pissed off and, you know, whatever. I, you know, you can make of it what you want, but um, 
you know, it, it's really bad. I, I really don't think that, but, uh, you know, who knows? All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio. Hate has no home here. Believe that we're not about hate at all. I mean, if you, if you have hate in your heart, this is not the show for you. This is not the place you sh- should be or, uh, or the radio show, internet radio show that you should be listening to. There is, you know, it's not going to affect me one bit. It's not going to affect the show one iota if you have hate in your heart and you try to call in to the show and um, spill uh, your hate. Uh, I have a button here. I can always bing and you're off. So, you know, there's no uh, hate has no home here. And one other thing I want to say. Well, I, there's a lot of things I want to say. <laughs> uh, be nice to one another out there. I mean, be nice. Be respectful. I mean, be, you know, I mean, you ain't got to be silly about it, but be nice to people. Be respectful. Be courteous. Be kind to people, okay? Um, that's what it's all about, you know. That's one of the things it takes to to actually make the world a better place. Be kind to one another, you know, be respectful, you know, be helpful, volunteer, help out any way that you can. It's all about making the world a better place. It's up to you to make a, make the world a better place. You know, I, I remember this song by Michael Jackson called uh, Man in the Mirror. If you want to try to make that change, I mean, just look at just look at yourself in the mirror and you make the change. Let's face it, all the problems on Earth is caused by the people here. If there's problems, if there's uh, something going on that's not supposed to be, it's being caused by people. And a lot of people are saying some a lot of these natural disasters are man-made. Also, that could be. <laughs> That could be, but uh, you know, there's a lot of debate about that, and um, I'm sort of a believer too. I do think that uh, a lot of these natural disasters can be prevented if we look at ourselves and stop doing some of the things that we're doing to cause this. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio. It is six six eighteen straight up. Chicago time, 618 here, folks. Uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, it is still it is still bright. It is still light. I have this great big window in front of me uh, watching the folks on the um, walking, and they can look in here and wave and stuff like that <laughs> uh, as they walk by on the avenue here. And uh, daylight savings times, time, is waning. I mean, you, you know, yeah, it's getting dark a lot sooner, a, a lot sooner than it has been. That's because summer is gone and fall is here. But actually in the city of Chicago and in some other places, it feels like summer is just beginning. I mean, we got 94, 95 degrees here and I'm near the lake. We're near the lake and, and it's supposed to be cooler near the lake because the lake is always supposed to be cooler and that cool air blows inland, you know. But that's not happening. <laughs> What's blowing inland is a lot of humidity, you know. So and so we have to go check on our loved ones, especially 
uh, the seniors, the uh, the elders to make sure that they okay, that they're okay, and that the fans and the air conditioning is working, you know. So it's it's hot, <laughs> it, it's totally hot, but uh, it feels good in some ways. Some people can't stand a lot of hot weather, and some people say bring it on, you know. And I say bring it on. I mean it's great, it's beautiful because I know what winter's gonna be like. We're going to be, it's cold, it's cold. And so uh, try to take <laughs> try to take advantage of this heat if you're uh, so lucky to be in a place where this is happening. But if you're in a place where it is not happening, um, you know, um, it'll probably get there pretty soon. And I don't want to say anything about uh, people of Puerto Rico and Mexico because, and, and also Texas because they're still um, uh, trying to get over the devastating uh, destruction that has uh, gone on uh, because of these natural disasters. Okay, you've been listening to the George Water Jr. Show. You can always follow me on Facebook. Follow me. Instagram, Google, I'm all over the place, LinkedIn, and everything. So I'm always there. All right, be nice to one another out there. And I'm going to say this again now. Be nice to one another. That's one of the ways of making the world a better place is treating each other with respect. Too many people out here who like to argue and bitch and just just ready to (laughs) – too many people out here are just ready to argue and just – have at it for no reason at all so be nice to one another and if you want a hug i will be your pillow if you need to be happy i will be your smile but anytime you need a friend i will be just me (laughs) that's beautiful all right hate has no home here you've been listening to the george wilder jr show on blog talk radio it's a beautiful day in the city of chicago i hope it's beautiful where you are i hope you're having a great time And thank you so much for tuning in to the George Wilder Jr. Show. I respect your time. I respect all of it because I know you could be doing doing some things um, besides tuning into the show. And I'm glad whether you're at home, in your car, on the beach, walking in the park, listening to the show, I totally appreciate appreciate it. And um, I always will. All right. uh, You've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. Let's see if we can do this.
We want to start by honoring the fact that today is September 11th and that it has been 16 years since the horrible attack that happened just downtown from where we're sitting, as well as D.C. and Pennsylvania. Yeah. 16 years. 16 years. Time really does fly. Yeah. Really does fly. And of course, all weekend, Hurricane Irma was everywhere. She hit Florida yesterday as a Category 4 hurricane and wreaked havoc, but has now been downgraded to a tropical storm. We want everybody uh, to do everything you can to stay safe. Mm -hmm. But the storm was the hot topic on television all weekend. Lots of reporters yeah. holding on, <laughs> blowing, blowing around, blowing this way, <laughs> blowing that way. I mean, what did you think? When you're watching all these people, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I naturally had ABC wanted us to make sure we stressed that we took efforts to uh, make sure reporters were safe. I know a lot of them were tethered, they were which tethered, is reassuring. Yeah. They were tethered to the balconies. Yes. And, and Amy Robach, who's a good friend of mine, <laughs> I did write her at one point because I knew she was covering it. And I said, Amy, I'm really freaked out right now watching this. She said, don't worry. We are being we are taking precautions and getting out of the way. But there was nothing else you could watch. And like. Yeah. I, I know it's important, but you have 24-hour news stations that, like, make... I'm here today to talk about a disturbing question, which has an equally disturbing answer. My topic is the secrets of domestic violence. And the question I'm going to tackle is the one question everyone always asks. Why does she stay? Why would anyone stay with a man who beats her? I'm not a psychiatrist, a social worker, or an expert in domestic violence. I'm just one woman with a story to tell. I was 22. I had just graduated from Harvard College. I'd moved to New York City for my first job as a writer and editor at Seventeen Magazine. I had my first apartment, my first little green American Express card, and I had a very big secret. My secret was that I had this gun loaded with hollow point bullets pointed at my head by the man who I thought was my soulmate many, many times. The man who I loved more than anybody on earth, held a gun to my head and threatened to kill me more times than I can even remember. I'm here to tell you the story of crazy love, a psychological trap disguised as love, one that millions of women and even a few men fall into every year. It may even be your story. I don't look like a typical domestic violence survivor. I have a BA in English from Harvard College, an MBA in marketing from Wharton Business School. I spent most of my career working for Fortune 500 companies, including Johnson & Johnson, Leo Burnett, and The Washington Post. I've been married for almost 20 years to my second husband, and we have three kids together. My dog is a black lab, and I drive a Honda Odyssey minivan. <laughs> so my first message for you is that domestic violence happens to everyone. All races, all religions, all income and education levels. It's everywhere. And my second message is that everyone thinks domestic violence happens to women, that it's a women's issue. 
Not exactly. Over 85% of abusers are men. And domestic abuse happens only in intimate, interdependent, long-term relationships. In other words, in families. The last place we would want or expect to find violence. Which is one reason domestic abuse is so confusing. I would have told you myself that I was the last person on earth who would stay with a man who beats me. But in fact, I was a very typical victim because of my age. I was 22. And in the United States, women ages 16 to 24 are three times as likely to be domestic violence victims as women of other ages. And over 500 women and girls this age are killed every year by abusive partners, boyfriends and husbands in the United States. I was also a very typical victim because I knew nothing about domestic violence, its warning signs or its patterns. I met Connor on a cold, rainy January night. He sat next to me on the New York City subway, and he started chatting me up. He told me two things. One was that he, too, had just graduated from an Ivy League school and that he worked at a very impressive Wall Street bank. But what made the biggest impression on me that first meeting was that he was smart and funny. And he looked like a farm boy. He had these big cheeks, these big apple cheeks and this wheat blonde hair, and he seemed so sweet. One of the smartest things Connor did from the very beginning was to create the illusion that I was the dominant partner in the relationship. He did this, especially at the beginning, by idolizing me. We started dating, and he loved everything about me. That I was smart, that I'd gone to Harvard, that I was passionate about helping teenage girls and my job. He wanted to know everything about my family and my childhood, my hopes and dreams. Connor believed in me as a writer and a woman in a way that no one else ever had. And he also created a magical atmosphere of trust between us by confessing his secret, which was that as a very young boy starting at age four, he had been savagely and repeatedly physically abused by his stepfather. And the abuse had gotten so bad that he had had to drop out of school in eighth grade, even though he was very smart. And he'd spent almost 20 years rebuilding his life, which is why that Ivy League degree and the Wall Street job and his bright, shiny future meant so much to him. If you had told me that this smart, funny, sensitive man who adored me would one day dictate whether or not I wore makeup, how short my skirts were, where I lived, what jobs I took, who my friends were, and where I spent Christmas, I would have laughed at you because there was not a hint of violence or control or anger in Connor at the beginning. I didn't know that the first stage in any domestic violence relationship is to seduce and charm the victim. I also didn't know that the second step is to isolate the victim. Now, Connor did not come home one day and announce, you know, hey, this, all this Romeo and Juliet stuff has been great, but I need to move into the next phase where I isolate you and I abuse you. <laughs> so I need to get you out of this apartment where the neighbors can hear you scream and out of this city where you have friends and family and coworkers who can see the bruises. Instead, Connor came home one Friday evening and he told me that he had quit his job that day. 
his dream job. And he said that he had quit his job because of me, because I had made him feel so safe and loved that he didn't need to prove himself on Wall Street anymore. And he just wanted to get out of the city and away from his abusive, dysfunctional family and move to a tiny town in New England where he could start his life over with me by his side. Now, the last thing I wanted to do was leave New York and my, my dream job. But I thought you made sacrifices for your soulmate. So I agreed, and I quit my job, and Connor and I left Manhattan together. I had no idea I was falling into crazy love, that I was walking headfirst into a carefully laid physical, financial, and psychological trap. The next step in the domestic violence pattern is to introduce the threat of violence and see how she reacts. And here's where those guns come in. As soon as we moved to New England, you know that place where Connor was supposed to feel so safe? He bought three guns. He kept one in the glove compartment of our car. He kept one under the pillows on our bed. And the third one he kept in his pocket at all times. And he said that he needed those guns because of the trauma he'd experienced as a young boy. He needed them to feel protected. But those guns were really a message for me. And even though he hadn't raised a hand to me, my life was already in grave danger every minute of every day. Connor first physically attacked me five days before our wedding. It was 7 a.m. I still had on my nightgown. I was working on my computer trying to finish a freelance writing assignment, and I got frustrated. And Connor used my anger as an excuse to put both of his hands around my neck and to squeeze so tightly that I could not breathe or scream. And he used the chokehold to hit my head repeatedly against the wall. No, they may do Five days later, the 10 bruises on my neck had just faded. And I put on my mother's wedding dress and I married him. Despite what had happened, I was sure we were going to live happily ever after. Because I loved him, and he loved me so much. And he was very, very sorry. He had just been really stressed out by the wedding and by becoming a family with me. It was an isolated incident, and he was never going to hurt me again. It happened twice more on the honeymoon. The first time, I was driving to find a secret beach and I got lost. And he punched me in the side of my head so hard that the other side of my head repeatedly hit the driver's side window. And then a few days later, driving home from our honeymoon, he got frustrated by traffic, and he threw a cold Big Mac in my face. Connor proceeded to beat me once or twice a week for the next two and a half years of our marriage. I was mistaken in thinking that I was unique and alone in this situation. One in three American women experiences domestic violence or stalking at some point in her life. And the CDC reports that 15 million children are abused every year. 15 million. So actually, I was in very good company. Back to my question. Why did I stay? The answer is easy. I didn't know he was abusing me. Even though he held those loaded guns to my head, pushed me downstairs, 
threatened to kill our dog, pulled the key out of the car ignition as I drove down the highway, poured coffee grinds on my head as I dressed for a job interview. I never once thought of myself as a battered wife. Instead, I was a very strong woman in love with a deeply troubled man, and I was the only person on earth who could help Connor face his demons. The other question everybody asks is, why doesn't she just leave? Why didn't I walk out? I could have left any time. To me, this is the saddest and most painful question that people ask. Because we victims know something you usually don't. It's incredibly dangerous to leave an abuser. Because the final step in the domestic violence pattern is kill her. Over 70% of domestic violence murders happen after the victim has ended the relationship, after she's gotten out, because then the abuser has nothing left to lose. Other outcomes include long-term stalking, even after the abuser remarries, denial of financial resources, and manipulation of the family court system to terrify the victim and her children, who are regularly forced by family court judges to spend unsupervised time with the man who beat their mother. And still we ask, why doesn't she just leave? I was able to leave because of one final sadistic beating that broke through my denial. I realized that the man who I loved so much was going to kill me if I let him. So I broke the silence. I told everyone the police, my neighbors, my friends and family, total strangers. And I'm here today because you all helped me. We tend to stereotype victims as grisly headlines, self-destructive women, damaged goods. The question, why does she stay, is code for some people for it's her fault for staying. As if victims intentionally choose to fall in love with men intent upon destroying us. But since publishing Crazy Love, I have heard hundreds of stories from men and women who also got out, who learned an invaluable life lesson from what happened, and who rebuilt lives, joyous, happy lives, as employees, wives, and mothers, lives completely free of violence like me, because it turns out that I'm actually a very typical domestic violence victim and a typical domestic violence survivor. I remarried a kind and gentle man. We have those three kids. I have that black lab, and I have that minivan. What I will never have again, ever, is a loaded gun held to my head by someone who says that he loves me. Now, right now, maybe you're thinking, wow, this is fascinating. Or, wow, how stupid was she? But this whole time, I've actually been talking about you. I promise you, there are several people listening to me right now who are currently being abused, or who were abused as children, or who are abusers themselves. Abuse could be affecting your daughter, your sister, your best friend, right now. 
I was able to end my own crazy love story by breaking the silence. I'm still breaking the silence today. It's my way of helping other victims. And it's my final request of you. Talk about what you heard here. Abuse thrives only in silence. You have the power to end domestic violence simply by shining a spotlight on it. We victims need everyone. We need every one of you to understand the secrets of domestic violence. Show abuse the light of day by talking about it with your children, your coworkers, your friends and family. Recast survivors as wonderful, lovable people with full futures. Recognize the early signs of violence and conscientiously intervene, de-escalate it, show victims a safe way out. Together, we can make our beds, our dinner tables, and our families the safe and peaceful oases they should be. Thank you. I want to talk about I want to talk about this uh, health care bill that the uh, Republicans are trying to sneak through Congress, thinking that we're not listening or paying attention to what they're doing because we're focusing on the hurricane and we're focusing on a lot of the missteps of Donald Trump, but they are um, trying to sneak or not sneak a bill through. Uh, they're trying to repeal for the uh, 12th time. Uh, actually, it's been more than 12, maybe the 100th time. 
uh, Obamacare. They're trying to mess around with your health care, uh, Americans' health care. And they are destined, they are destined to throw you off your health care. This is what they want. I mean, every developed Every country in every developed country in the world, they have universal free health care for their citizens. It's a damn shame that that America has gone down the tubes when it comes to health care. This is crazy. I mean, why a bunch of Rich people in Congress wants to throw middle class and poor people off their health care so they can give the money to the rich. There is no way, there is no other way to say it. All right, Chris Hayes on MSNBC just revealed that Mitch McConnell, the leader of the Senate, will allow 90 seconds, just 90 seconds, to debate, of debate on the Senate floor for the Graham-Cassidy health care bill. That's not a misstatement, folks. That's real. So what the George Wilder Jr. show wants and what some of the, some other people uh, uh, great, good people, great people around the United States. We want you to light up those phones if you don't want want to see the end of coverage for pre-existing conditions, funding for Planned Parenthood, Medicaid as we know it, and so much more. They will not wait for a CBO score. They, I mean, yeah, uh, 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 CBO, uh, Congressional Budget Office. They will not wait for it. They don't give a damn what the CBO says about how many people are going to be thrown off, how many people are going to be hurt, how many people are going to lose their health care. They don't give a damn about that. They just want to throw you off. They just want to see you die if you don't have their high-priced health insurance that they are trying to throw on the public. And this is dire. This is real. This is important. Uh, please make some calls into your senators and all of your congressional delegation. Senate. The, the number for the Senate uh, uh, switchboard is area code 202-224-3121. Okay. And this is the courtesy of my friend Vicki No. Okay. I'm looking at her. I'm looking at her post on um Facebook. And I've I've said something similar in the past, uh, giving out this uh Senate switchboard switchboard number. Uh two oh two area code two two four three one two one and demand <laughs> that these people stop trying to take away your health care or your friends or someone in your family. Uh, health care. This is ridiculous. Why can't we have single payer? I mean, Canada, for instance. Why can't we take an example from Canada or some some of these other countries around the world who uh, you don't have to, where health care is not a profit. 
put it that way. Healthcare is, but in the United States, it's a profit. It's a profit. It's it, they make billions of dollars keeping you and me sick. That's pathetic. It and we elect these clowns to office, to Congress, and give them the greatest health care in the world, in the world. But yet they turn around and want to take away our health care to keep us from going to a doctor, to make it so pricey that we can't afford the insurance uh, uh, to see a doctor. Because if you, you cannot walk into a doctor's office in the United States without some sort of insurance. You walk up to that counter and that young lady behind that counter asks you what you want. You say, I want to see a doctor and something's wrong with my throat or, or, or whatever. And the first thing she's going to ask you is what kind of insurance do you have? That's pathetic. I mean, the United States should be leading the world on this, but we're not. We're not. We're way behind. We've sunken so far down. It's a damn shame. Uh, healthcare should be free. That should be Medicare, Medicaid for everybody. When I think of Medicare, uh, basically uh, our seniors get that over 65, 65 and older. But if they can, if they can get rid of Medicaid and Planned Parenthood and uh, and a lot of other uh, healthcare coverages, coverage, they're going to come after Medicaid. So seniors, uh, my retirement friends and buddies, do not think that you're uh, not on their radar. You are. We are. Everybody. I mean, if if it's a profit, medic, uh, uh, the medical industry in the in America, it's profitable. It's profitable keeping you sick. You walk into that doctor's office. As you sit down, they're charging you. You haven't even seen a doctor yet. You're just waiting to see a doctor. You're being charged. You know, just by walking into the door, you're being charged. And that's, that's awful. That's awful. You know, uh, Americans, we're, we're not asking for anything that no one else has. You know, it's a shame. I mean, in Canada, if you if you break your leg or something, and somebody you know takes you into the uh, takes you to the hospital or to the clinic to you know to get your leg to, uh, uh, put your leg in a cast or something, get your leg uh, get you some medical uh, attention to your leg or something to that effect, they're not going to ask you what type of insurance you have. They're not going to charge you as soon as you walk through the damn door. And you've got a lot of countries. like It's a shame that this country will let you die because you can't afford health insurance. And there's a lot of people who cannot afford health insurance. You know, there's a, And a lot of people do not go to the doctor because of that, because they can't afford it. And that's a shame. And then they, you know, sit around and die. And this should, this blood should be on the hands of those folks in Congress who are trying to take away 
Medicare, Planned Parenthood, they don't care how beneficial it is to you or me. They don't care how great it is. They're finding excuses to get rid of it because they're just mean, evil, and nasty old men in Congress who wants to take away health care. And the thing about this, they'll take it away from you, from me, and say it's the best thing for America. (laughs) And they've said that. Well, it's the best thing for America. And they'll, you know, come up with all kind of rhetoric and mumble gook uh, to try to justify what they've done. And it's a shame. 90 seconds has been discussed for several days. 90 seconds to debate this. That means that's less than two minutes. Well, it's it's a little bit over two minutes, but less than actually three minutes. But totally, totally less than five minutes. And it's just unacceptable that these rich men, these rich seniors, a lot of uh, these uh, people in Congress, especially the Senate, are seniors themselves. They are elder themselves. You think they would have some empathy. You think they would have some sort of uh, understanding. You think they would side with people who are like them. No. No way. (laughs) If you don't have the riches that they have, then you're from Mars and they're they're Earth people. I mean, it's all about money with these Republicans and conservatives. It's all about money. It's their donors that they're trying to please. The people who are lining their pockets. See, you and me, we're not lining their pockets because we don't have the money to line their pockets. So they're listening to people who are lining their pockets instead of people who have elected them. And the people who are lining their pockets say, hey, wow, raise, throw them off their Medicare, throw them off their Medicaid, get rid of Planned Parenthood. They're not listening to you or me. They're listening to the folks who are going to uh, uh fund them, fund their re-election. They're listening to the rich. The rich is listening to the rich. They're not listening to the poor or the middle class because they know we they know we don't have the money to fund their campaigns or to give to them or to make them even richer than they are. So uh, call the switchboard in Washington 202 202 2243121. All right, you've been listening to the to the George Wilder Jr. show on Blog Talk Radio. And I very seldom discuss this, but uh, I think we have talked about this uh healthcare bill before because I've said yesterday on the show that they keep trying to repeal it and they are going to repeal it because healthcare is in the hands of the Republicans. And no matter how many times it fails, no matter how many times a few Republicans vote against it and it fails, 
they're going to keep bringing it up because this health care, the Obamacare, is in the hands of the Republicans. And they don't like it. And they've been trying to repeal it for seven years. Seven years they've been trying to repeal it. And they still can't repeal it. But they are going to constantly bring it to the floor. Bring it to the floor because they're going to find some kind of way to repeal it. You know, regardless of what the American people say. Most of the American people say, hey, don't repeal it. Improve it. Improve it. Do not repeal it, but re- improve it. But the Republicans are, are, they can't hear that. They don't want to hear that. And I'll, and also I'm hearing that on this particular issue pertaining to health care, and they know you're going to call in. They know you're going to flood that switchboard with calls. They know that because that's all you've been doing. You've been flooding that switchboard in Washington saying that you want Trump impeached. I mean, there's been so many call, uh, calls into Washington uh, about impeaching Trump. I mean, it, it's historical. However, once again, the Republicans in Congress, they do not hear us. So I'm hearing that they are going to try to mute the switchboard. So many calls coming in, they're going to try to, you know, not answer the calls or or uh, or just let your call. Uh, if you call into the switchboard, your, your your the phone will just be ringing and ringing. No one will pick it up. They're trying to mute it because they don't want to hear the voices of the American people on their disapproval of them trying to take away their health care. They don't want to hear that. They want to do it anyway. The Republicans are not about the American people. They are about their party. They are about the party bosses. The party bosses did not put their asses in office. We did. But they're listening more to their party bosses than they are to the American people. A lot of us didn't vote for Trump. But Trump is still the president of the United States. He's the president of everybody, even if he doesn't like it. <laughs> and and he, probably, he probably doesn't. But he's the president of everybody, you know, even though he doesn't probably doesn't like it. Because America has, is more divided than ever. I mean, America is totally, totally divided. You know, so this health care debacle that they're trying to push through, get through, trying to sneak through, hoping we are not listening or or we are being distracted on some other issue uh, and they're doing something behind our backs and they're doing something behind our backs uh, to try to get this through. Mitch McConnell, he's one of the worst <laughs> senators uh, that I've ever seen in, in, in modern times, you know. So, uh, uh, so if you don't want to get rid of Planned Parenthood, you don't want to be thrown off Medicare, and you don't want to um, uh, uh, end pre-existing conditions, call these people. Even if they don't answer the phone, even if they try to mute the calls, at least you will be on record as calling. And if they do this, and I'm hearing that they will do it, then we just have to take uh, matters into our own hands 
and vote these people out come November 6, 2018. There should be a clean sweep of the House of Representatives and the Senate come 2018, November 2018. But I'm going to tell you this. The Republicans know that we are pissed off at them. They know we are upset. So one of the things that they're doing right now that a lot of American people probably don't know or probably haven't, haven't figured out, one of the things that these people are doing, the Republicans in Congress, they're trying to find ways to suppress the vote. They're doing it. They're trying, the Trump administration is trying to find ways to suppress the votes because they know that 80% to 80% to 90% of the American people are we are unhappy with what's going on in Washington. And that most of those uh, representatives whose seats are up and the senators whose seats are up in 2018, they know this. They want to get reelected. And they know that the populace we are very fed up and we're tired of it and we're going to vote their asses out. So they are going to try, they are going to try suppress the vote. That simply means they're going to try and stop you from utilizing your constitutional right. They're going to come up with some kind of mess to try to suppress the vote, to try to keep you from going to that voting booth. They're doing it right now. A lot of people don't, don't seem to realize that, but it's happening. Just because you're not hearing about it or reading, or reading about it, this is what they're doing. This is how they win. They win by cheating, gerrymandering. Gerrymandering. And Arnold Schwarzenegger, he is out to fight gerrymandering. That's a way that they're cheating. That's one of the ways, but they're going to find other ways to suppress the vote, saying there's fraud where there is no fraud. Dead people are voting where there, where that's meal or none. They're going to try to keep you from voting. So um, the best thing to do is, to, is, is not to let this happen. And we're not going to let this happen. We're in a fight of our lives. For this country, we're in the fight of our lives for our rights as Americans, because these clowns, these buffoons, thugs, whatever you want to call them in Washington, they want to take that away. We have the syndicate in the White House. We have got to get up off our butts and take our country back. We cannot sit down, lay, lay around on the couch, watch television, and say how awful things are. You have to get involved. This is how we got here. People not being involved in things that they should be involved in. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. It is 7.04 straight up p.m. Chicago time. And... We will do this and we will be right back. During an interview with Politico that was posted online this week, White House advisor, White House aide, whatever you want to call her, White House spokesperson maybe, 
Kellyanne Conway took a shot at her critics once again. She told Politico that her critics were, quote, unhappy people with poison keyboards. I guess what she's trying to say is that they're a bunch of internet trolls going out there just saying mean old things to Kellyanne who really isn't doing anything wrong. She doesn't understand why people are being so mean and horrible to her these days. Now, according to this interview that she gave with Politico, she had explained to her children that, yeah, look, mommy's going to be doing this thing. People are going to come at her. It's going to be you know, pretty ugly sometimes, but just deal with it. To be honest, that is a very good thing to tell your children. Yeah, when you're in the public spotlight, there's going to be the naysayers. But if she took the time to explain that to her children, maybe she should have taken the time to explain to her children that, hey, listen, mommy's going to have to go on TV and lie through her teeth to the American public about things that never happened. She is the one who came up with the term alternative facts. She's the one who invented the Bowling Green massacre that never happened. So I understand nobody likes to get criticized, but Kellyanne, you're inviting this on yourself. The people who criticize you, who call you out, are not unhappy people. I can tell you firsthand, I'm a very happy person. I love my life right now. But I will continue to criticize you anytime you feel the need to go on television and lie to the American public on behalf of Donald Trump. Anytime you make up a fake terrorist attack, we're going to be there, as will everybody else online. And it's not because we just dislike you. It's because we don't want you to continue to dumb down the United States. This is our civic duty to hold you and everyone else in your White House accountable. So you may think it's fine to go out there and give these interviews and attack the people who you claim are attacking you. But the truth is, all we're doing is trying to hold you accountable and to be honest, try to undo some of the damage that you're inflicting on the public today. There are Republicans out there in the United States today who honest to God believe that the Bowling Green Massacre was a thing, that it happened, that it was carried out by Iraqi immigrants, and that U.S. citizens died as a result of it. And that's all on you, Kellyanne. You're poisoning the public discourse. It's not the, the people who dislike you. They don't have the problems. You do. And you need to learn, and you need to take the time to teach your children that when you screw up, you do get held accountable. When you lie to hundreds of millions of people, they're going to come after you. And the only way you can make it right is to go out and apologize and try to do the right thing from that point forward. That's <laughs> All right. Sorry for the cutoff there, but uh, uh, this is just in. Republicans are trying, are openly trying to bribe Lisa Murkowski into voting to kill your health care. As I just got through alluding to, these, these Republicans are scoundrels. They are trying because uh, she's one Republican that says she's, she did, uh, I, she's one Republican, if I can get it out. She's one Republican who stated that she did not come to Washington to hurt people. But the other Republicans, um, uh, minus John McCain, and another female Republican, they did not come, come to Washington to hurt people, to put people, to get rid of, uh, 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 try to uh, limit or 
or uh, eliminate health care for Americans altogether. They didn't come there, but the rest of the guys did. The rest of the Republicans did. Republicans are openly trying to bribe. They're trying to bribe her. Bribery is against the law, isn't it? Maybe we should go there and arrest, arrest all of them, the Republicans who are trying to bribe her into uh, voting to kill your health care because she voted against it last time and it killed and, and it killed it. It failed because she voted against it. I think John McCain voted against it and another uh, Republican voted. So three Republicans voted against it. So it died. Now they're trying to bribe and threaten these three Republicans into voting to kill health care. That's a damn shame. There is nothing more cynical, diabolical, evil, and thuggery than these Republicans, than some of these Republicans in Congress. It's a damn shame. Republicans aren't even trying to hide it. They are trying to bribe Senator Lisa Murkowski by letting Alaska keep Obamacare if she will vote to destroy health care, the health care system for the rest of the United States. Her state. Uh, uh, that That's crazy. Wow, that is so nutty. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. So I'm going to say this again, folks. If you care about health care, if you care about parent, Planned Parenthood, if you care about uh, pre-existing conditions, call this number, 202-225-3121. Uh, they're going to try. They may not answer the call, but someone will answer it. And, and you let your thoughts be shown. This is just pathetic. The Republicans are, aren't even trying to hide it. They're trying to bribe Senator Lisa Murkowski by letting Alaska, the state that she represents, keep Obamacare if she votes to destroy health, the health care system for the rest of us in the United States. That's a damn shame. Uh, this is right off the presses, folks. And somehow I've heard her speak. I've heard her talk. I heard her reasons for for killing the bill uh, before. She sounds she sounds like a person who really cares for people, and she does she does she doesn't want to hurt people. She has even stated that she did, was not elected and did not come to Congress to hurt people, especially the folks in her own district. But they're gonna say that she can keep Obamacare for her state but ruin it for the other 49. That's crazy. These people, I'm gonna say this again, the Republicans are so damn diabolical, so cruel to think that we are so stupid. This is why I say folks, if they should appeal, uh, repeal Obamacare, it doesn't matter if they repeal it or not. Just the thought of them trying to do something so sinister makes us want to vote them out even sooner. Kick their asses to the curve. November 2018. But call in and get your voices heard if someone there is going to answer the phone. I'm, I hear that they're going to mute the switchboard. They're going to mute the calls. You can call in, but no one's going to answer the phone because they are determined to take away your health care. They are determined. And just because you're on Medicare, if they can do this, they're coming after Medicare next. 
So I'm saying this to all my seniors, elderly folks out there, get your butts on the phone too. Because if they can do this, they're coming after you too. And they're coming after your social security. These people do not give a damn. They don't care. You can't reason with them. You can't bargain with them. You can't do anything with them. All they, all they know is that they want to uh, tear America apart. That's all they want. And, and, and then say it's good for the United States. Every other developed country in the world have universal health care free health care, single payer. But these guys and girls, they don't want you to go to a damn doctor. They don't want your kids to go to a doctor. A lot of these children have cancer and other pre-existing conditions. They don't give a damn. And you, however, they're not going to say it the way I'm saying it right now. Oh, they're going to, they're going to, talk around it, talk above it, talk under it, but they'll never give you a direct answer. And then they'll say, well, it's best for, it's best for everybody. It's best for them probably, but not for you, not for me. Not for uh, uh, a lot of our seniors and a lot of our elder. This is a damn shame. This, this is crazy. What kind of country are we living in? What happened to America? What I'm going to tell you what happened to America. What happened to America is that <laughs> wow. What happened to America is that we have Republicans running everything. We have Republicans in the White House. We have Republicans uh governors all around America. We have uh, a Republican Congress. We have uh a Republican Congress. The House of Representatives. We have uh, the Senate. Republicans are running everything. This is why America has gone down the toilet. This is the reason. I, I mean, when I was when I came on the when I came on the show today, I wasn't planning on talking about this. I was not. I was trying not to talk about healthcare. I was trying not to uh, incense anybody out there. But uh, this is just ridiculous. You know, I mean, you know, I mean, if you care for people and and if you care how things are going in your country, you would be concerned. I mean, we have people um, just getting over some of these natural disasters. They're going to be needing health care. It's going to be priced out of their range. The Republicans don't care. They don't they, they really don't care. They hate it. They hate it to to the highest heavens that they have to uh, disperse money to some of these uh, natural natural disasters area where people have lost everything. They don't even want that. But it's it it's in the Constitution. It's a part of their jobs. But in reality, no, because a lot of Republicans say, "Oh well, Texas is destroyed. So what?" We're not giving giving them anything. This is how they feel. The only thing that's wrong with America are Republicans. That's the only thing that's wrong with America. And we have to change that. That has to come to an end. 
if you like your doctor, if you like your health care, these guys are going to try to take it away. And I'm hearing they're going to vote on it next Wednesday. Wednesday. And they would not be voting on it if they did not feel they had the votes to do so. But, you know, talk to your senator. I mean, you got to talk to your senator. Uh, Health care has already been passed in the House. It, it, uh, a few months ago, it was passed in the House, but yet it, it has yet to get through the Senate. I mean, it, it, it has failed twice, two or three times uh, in the Senate, but they, they are uh, resurrecting it and they're making a few changes. But still in all, no matter how many changes that they make to this health care bill, it's going to be devastating on America, on you and me, and them go to the doctor. They don't want you to go to a damn doctor. And it is so many people around America right now who are dying because they can't go to a doctor because they can't afford health care. Obamacare is not the greatest thing in the world. I mean, when it was first implemented, I didn't like it because uh, it wasn't single payer, put it that way. It wasn't single payer. What is wrong with America? What is America m missing that the rest of the world is not when it comes to health care? We got a bunch of greedy ass thug politicians in Congress that want to see people die and then make excuses for it and say it's good for America. You know, there's a lot of people who will not go to a doctor because they'll just remain sick and it'll get worse and they, they'll pass away because they can't afford to go to the doctor. Because, because the first thing you do when you walk in that doctor's office, they're going to ask you what kind of health insurance you have. If they don't have any, um, they have to turn back around and leave. It's just bad. It's bad. And as I've said before, folks, I didn't uh, come on to do the show today to talk about this. I, I, I'm, I'm looking at the computer here. I'm on the Internet. And uh, it's just awful what they want to do with health care. It's awful that they keep trying to resurrect it, to destroy it. It's awful they trying to make it a lot worse than what it is. Uh, they don't give a damn what anybody says, CBO office. They don't care. They don't care what the people think. They don't care. It's what they want. It's what their donors want. You know, it, it's there. The Republicans are actually doing this for the people who are lining their pockets with money. This is who they're doing this for. Mitch McConnell is pathetic. Paul Ryan is pathetic. This is why we have to vote in droves uh, come next year. But like, like I said earlier, they are um, ready. They are ready to try to suppress the vote because they know that you're pissed off. They know that you want to take this country back. They know that you want to put in Democrats. I'm not a Republican, and I am not a Democrat. I'm an independent. But I do know that the Republicans are not right for this country, even though they are in mass 
control. They control it all. And this is why we're in the mess that we're in. We have Donald Trump. And they are okay with Donald Trump, but the rest of America is not. The rest of the world is not. So we got a few people, maybe a little over 200 congressmen and senators in Congress who are trying to dictate uh, health care to millions and millions and millions of Americans. And the rest of the world looking at us laughing. That's why so many people are leaving the United States and moving to Canada and moving to other, other developed uh, countries because of their uh, universal health care, single payer. It is, it is just not right. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. I'm sorry I got off on a tantrum there on health care, but uh, when you uh, see uh, babies, infants, if I can say that, infants, toddlers, small children with um, pre-existing conditions, diseases like diabetes, cancer, heart disease, other uh, life-threatening diseases, uh, lose their health care because we got a few jackasses in Congress who just hate everything, and they're going to try and destroy it and say it's good for America when we know it's not. All right. That number again uh, to call your senator, 202-225-3121. 202 uh, 2253121 all you got to do is just make a call you don't have to you don't have to leave the house you just pick up the phone and just make that call from your living room from your bathroom wherever you are bedroom and just make that call watching tv make that call that's it that's it all right you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr show and uh, it's very, very important to uh, stick up for your values, stick up for your rights, stick up for uh, defend everything that you think uh, is right. Hey there, friends and fans. This is George Wilder Jr. of the George Wilder Jr. Show. <laughs> I want you to enjoy my fictional writings located on Amazon and elsewhere. Uh, the website is www.amazon.com slash author slash G Wilder or, or go to the Amazon website and type my name in the text bar above to either order or download a book, a story, essays, novels, novelettes, whatever you want to do. And I want to thank you very much for that. And as always, good reading. This is George Wilder Jr. And keep listening. There's always more to come. All right. Thank you, everybody. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. It is all about making the world a better place. Join me.
Blog Talk Radio, broadcasting out of the city of Chicago, but uh, they're trying to destroy healthcare, folks, so please get on your phones and call 202-2253. It's very, very important. We're going to be off for the weekend, so we'll see you back here on Monday. Thanks. Bye-bye, everybody.